Hello, how are you doing? This is M Plainsman Abroad with Ray Franklin. I hope you're having a excellent time wherever you are on this miserable planet. I'm kidding, this planet isn't miserable. But wherever you are on the planet Earth, I hope you're matter what you're going through uh, in life, uh, whether it be good days or bad days or a mix of both. I hope that everything is going well for you. So let's get started. So today we're going to talk about in this episode something I've always been puzzled by, and that is things I can do and things I can't do. And I am really, really, really impactful, um, impacted, really hit hard by things that I wish I could do. And so that's what's going to be the focus here. Things I can do, can't do. Uh, public speaking I can do. Poetry writing I can do. Uh, things I can't do is rock or rap. So let, let's get started. So as you know, there's a tour going on around the nation as a uh, COVID, even though COVID cases are surging, uh, there's a quote unquote, you know, Delta variant and all that going around. Uh, it's raining outside here in my recording studio. So you hear the pitter patter of rain a bit in the background. So that I can't change. I cannot change nature. So I just roll with it like everybody else does when it comes to uh, nature. So anyway, while it's raining outside here, uh, one thing I can't do, change the weather. Uh, don't have that power. Don't have that ability. Um, none of us do. So anyway, as I go on, you know, there's a tourist going on. There was Lollapalooza last weekend in Chicago and I wasn't really impressed with that lineup. It's, it was a lot of weirdness, a lot of junk. Plus it's almost 200,000 people packed on each other. I really wasn't, you know, especially with, with COVID still being out there and Delta variant causing mass surges. I really wasn't into, you know, that. And plus I'm not in Chicago area anyway, like I could go. So, but not looking for anything like that. But there's another tour, you know, the Hella Mega Tour is one of the tours going on uh, with Weezer, Fall Out Boy, Green Day. And I forgot who the other group is that does the opening. But uh, four groups together, three legendary bands. They, they're all great live performers. They all have huge fan bases, all three of them. Uh, it made sense for them to go on tour together. I know Weezer and Green Day went on tour some years ago together with uh, Weezer, Green Day, and uh, Panic at the Disco. And Panic, it was Panic at the Disco was the headliner. So Weezer and Green Day. Were, I think it was uh, Green Day first, then Weezer, then Panic at the Disco. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, but, uh, it, it, something like that, depending on what show the ordering, but it was, it was Panic at the Disco's tour. That was right when they were, uh, really launching off, uh, really, it's, it's even before High Hopes came out. So it was when the, uh, the song was, uh, Victorious, and, uh, that was when, oh, we, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill each singer Panic at Disco's gonna, like, hear this podcast that somewhere, like, please don't sing my song, dude, please, not because of copyright, because you can't sing well, so, and that, is, and that's one thing I can't do, so, I can't read music to save my life. I can't read a note. Uh, I took a mu one music class in college at Auburn and uh, graciously earned a, a very low C, uh, probably more a D plus. Uh, the teacher liked me and that I tried, and so he, he gracefully uh, gave me. I didn't earn it. That, that man was very nice to me, a, a C minus. So, uh, but uh, as long as I promise never ever to, 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 to teach music or try to read music ever again. So. I was completely uh, awful when it came to me. Uh, there's a guy in my class that was a rocker, and he like fell asleep in class and like got like an A. He called it pretty much the uh, ABC of music. So that was my music appreciation uh, uh, credit I needed to graduate at Auburn. So oh, I, I uh, crossed that. So cross it off the list. So, but anyway, I can't. I'm not musically inclined at all. Uh, I know what I like to listen to, and, and a good song. What I think in my hearing is a good song. And I did that. I talked about that in Music Mood. But uh, so we go to the concert. So me, just solo, goes to the concert. So Sunday, this past Sunday, 
uh, first day of August. Uh, Hell Omega was here. And you know me, I, I like Weezer. Uh, I like Fall Out Boy. I'm not a Green Day fan at all. They're, they're very anti-Christian. I am 100% Christian, so I'm not a fan of them at all. They're not a fan of me at all, so they were the group I did not want to see least. My, my plan was to get there, because i just seen Weezer, Weezer, Weezer recently. Say that fast. Weezer recently, uh, 10 times fast. But I just had recently seen Weezer, so I, I, I wasn't really hyped to see them again. Uh, and uh, and that song and the concert I saw Weezer was great. It was perfect. They played all the songs I like except for maybe one or two. And I wasn't really you know trying to ruin that experience by hearing them play a bunch of songs I really don't care about because I'm not a Weezer fan. I like a certain amount of their songs. When you're a fan, like I used to be a heavy MXPX fan. I used to be a heavy Reliant K fan. I know their catalog. I know MXPX's catalog. So I know they're not Christian anymore, as I said, on Music Mood. But uh, they're, they're, Christian, they're Christian transitioning out of Christianity catalog. I know very well. So uh, I, if I went and saw them in concert, I probably could sing every song except for their newer stuff. Uh, probably sing 99% of the songs I could sing verbatim. Same with Reliant K. Those were my, at the top, those were my two favorite bands. I liked Reliant K a little bit more because I thought they did stuff more out of punk pop than MXPS did. MXPS was a traditional, traditional punk pop, punk rock band. Reliant K was punk pop, but they also had a little pop rock element. They also tried some different things uh, that really worked very well. Um, I still think their best album with Reliant K, if you're a hardcore Reliant K fan, it comes down to two choices. Like Weezer, if you're a hardcore Weezer fan, it comes down to Pinkerton and Blue. And of course, I'm a blue person, without a doubt. Um, but with Reliant K, it comes down to mm, our uh, five score and seven years ago. And uh, and, and I really, there's a lot of great things about both of those. Their production was better than five score and seven years ago. They were more diverse on there. Their singing vocals were better. Mm, it was more edgy. And uh, I, I really like mm, that, that, that probably to me was just a great album. Of course, again, like I said, my you know favorite album from them is going to be mm, or, or Five Square. It tie, I go between the two. Without a doubt, MSPS, you know, my favorite album by them is Before Everything and After. It's I listened to that album. I bought the CD. I listened to it 100,000 times probably. I have that CD probably memorized every song there. I worked out to it. I drove to it. I would get in the Bible after listening to it because that's back when they were still were Christian. And, uh, and man, I, I tell you, uh, the Capitol is probably one of my favorite Christian rock songs of all the time. Uh, just Authentic uh, is what they were feeling at the moment. Um, you know, <laughs> as I was saying, I said, it made, it made make MPX Christian. You know, you can't do that. But that's, that's disrespect to Mike, you're in Tom. You know, they're not in the faith anymore. So, but um, but uh, when they were in the faith, they, they were rocking. They, they were they were they were they were among their own. They actually sounded pretty good. So so Mike, you're in town. But uh, anyway, so Reliant K, you know, Matt and Matt, they, they're pretty good. Uh, but uh, so so they're still Christians, to my knowledge. The last time I checked, and I was shocked. I didn't know the lead singer of Reliant K used to date Katy Perry. That before she became famous, before she became Katy Perry, she used to be a Christian singer. And uh, you can find her. I posted on my Facebook page uh, her singer, Search Me, Oh God. And it's still, you know, she had the talent. She has a lot of musical talent. You know, she she blew up. You know, she's an alpha A-lister, uh, pop rock, you know, pop singer. Now, she, she's, you know, she packs arenas by herself. She packs stadiums by herself. Uh, she has that, you know, Beyonce level pull and, and fan base. So, Katy Perry uh, isn't that alpha thing but back in the day when she was a christian artist and a christian singer she dated a, the, lead, the lead singer reliant k there's actually a video when they were at a concert at one of the festivals and uh christian pop pop punk's very popular among christians uh gen x christians so back in the day as gen xers and 
like older millennials and uh when they used to have all those concerts back in the day, like Tooth and Nail Day and stuff like that, Tooth and Nail concert, they had a lot of pop punk and Christian ska uh, recording artists. Uh, there's a one with Katy Perry is there. He's performing. She has this big sign, and she runs, and she stays down like in the middle of a song. So it's a funny video. You can find it on YouTube. But uh, that, 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 that was weird. When I found that, I was like, man, that was weird. That was, that's a weird relationship there because they're both talented. I mean, he's a talented singer. And rocker, she's a talented singer and, and, and rock, and uh, used to be a rocker. And uh, you know, you never really know. I mean, you never know. You never know what people's real talents are. I mean, you know, if Katy Perry sit down, and grab a guitar, and she can do that. She can play a guitar. She she can she can wail. She can, she can, she can get down. She can rock out probably. But again, pop singer now. So things change. Things change. Things change. You know. So anyway, so again, so Hell Omega was here. Um, I went. I, I really was looking forward to seeing Fallout Boy. I really want to see them live. I, I'm not a Fallout Boy fan. Um, I love the songs I love by them though, and, and they're like the Chainsmokers to me, where either I love their songs or I don't like them at all. And that's the same way I feel about the Chainsmokers. Either their songs are like wow, awesome, or like I never want to hear that. There's no in between with Fallout Boy and the Chainsmokers. Either their songs are like home runs, knock you over, or they're completely. Uh, like flat, dead, like, ugh, you know, okay, I don't want to hear this mess. So there's no in-between with me and the Chainsmokers, no in-between with me and the Fallout Boy, Fallout Boy in the same way. So I was really looking forward to seeing Fallout Boy. So uh, so wife had to work, so I got there late, because you have responsibilities being a parent. I'm a parent, so you have a lot of, I have a responsibilities I'm not going to shuggle, not for anybody. So wife had to work, so I get there, and I was like, man, at least I can see some Fallout Boy songs. I want to hear, you know, my songs, my, my favorite Fallout Boy songs are Irresistible, and uh, I was doing the tag. I, I, I always on tip of my tongue, but um, like it was, you know, Irresistible is my song as well. And uh, Last of the Real Ones is my favorite song by them. Those Last of the Real Ones one, Irresistible two, uh, Uma, Uma Thurman. I like Uma Thurman, Bob Dylan. I don't think they play Bob Dylan live, but Uma Thurman, uh, of course, uh, is a song I like as well. And uh, and then my songs know what you did with the dark is all right, but I'm not a fan of it. Or Centuries, I, I'm not a fan of that one either, but. Those songs that I know by them, uh, uh, the song they did uh, with uh, you know Lil Peep, you know, uh, play with my love, all right, everything I want. That's a that's a great song that they did. Mess me up and make me go. I see you're trying to sing, but I can't sing well. I wish I could. If you could sing well, I envy you. Like we go to church and you find somebody at church that can sing well. There's a lady at my church, a woman her name is Debbie. Uh, she blows away. She can rake, dude. She gets up on that. She gets on that microphone. She can. She can rake. Debbie is like, you can tell when she's singing. She she rakes. She can rake. She can. You have, and that's what singing is. I mean, you can learn, take classes, and coach, and all that. But if you can't sing, you can't sing. Like if you take me somewhere and put me a, in a top singing camp with the same people that work with all the top singers right now. Let's say you you had me shadow Taylor Swift for a year, because Taylor Swift can sing well. And and I'm gonna sound like garbage. I'm not gonna sound like Taylor sounds. It, it, people who are talented right now, there's a, a singer out there that's talented that has no training that's somewhere on this planet, and they can sing. They can just flat out sing, and give them a year of coaching. They're gonna be up there with Billie Eilish and all those other people because why they can sing. I can't. I wish I could. That's one thing I wish I could do. I wish I really could sing because I like to sing. I like to sing, and I'm just not good at it. I sound horrible. Not bad. Hard. I can't carry a tune. I sound horrible. I actually recorded myself singing. Can't do it. Rapping, people think rapping is easy. Rapping is very hard because you have a lot of words. The wordplay has to make sense. Uh, very few people are wordsmiths. 
when it comes to rapping. It's not like writing poetry. It is, it is very, very hard to write a successful rap song. Uh, the beats you can find, the loop and all that stuff, and production, that's fine. Uh, that's simple part of rapping because you don't need a band. You only need to you take any song out there that exists, and you can rap over the instrumental, and that'll be a rap song. But it's so hard to rap. It is so incredibly hard. I used to try to write rhymes. You know, back when I was hardcore in the rap in high school, I tried to write rhymes. They were garbage, man. I would sit there like an hour, two hours, some days on the weekend, try to, you know, listen to a whole bunch of rap songs and try to sound like Tupac and Cool G Rap and uh, Wojak from Criminal Nation. That sounded completely awful. I mean, you just I just couldn't do it. I mean, I just couldn't do it. It's just very hard. And, and people say, oh, rap's easy, and they just get gay, just cuss a lot and say a lot of vulgar stuff. And, and I don't like the vulgarity in rap. I don't like the cussing in rap, you know. Uh, but take that out. And you, the people still can rap. I mean, you still, even today, you know, we're in that age. We're the first generation, us Gen Xers, to say to have that conversation where are the guys rapping today better than the guys rapping we back when we were young? You couldn't have that conversation when I was a kid. I remember listening to my uncles and stuff. Like I said, in music movement, they would have those conversations about where the people today doing soul and, and, and rhythm and blues better than the people they grew up with. You know, was Bobby Brown better than Marvin Gaye? You know, was Michael Jackson now? Now, better than Michael Jackson when he was with the Jackson 5 and Young. So we couldn't have this conversation because rap had not been around that long yet. And uh, this month is rap's birthday. This month, August, you know. Uh, this month is a rap turn. Was rap, I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday hip-hop's birthday? One of these days. I think either, not today, the day the 7th. But around, I think yesterday the 6th. I think it was uh, the birthday of hip-hop around. I know it was this month, August, is uh, when DJ Cool Hurt uh, invented hip-hop in New York City. So, um it uh he invented hip hop he laid the foundation he invented rap and uh and, and it's uh you know it's been taken off since then but uh the, the people people who laugh like the elite rappers Eminem uh, Nas uh, Jay Z uh, their elite rapping skills uh, the late Tupac I know he's been gone for a quarter century here uh, this year it'd be twenty five twenty five years yeah he's been dead twenty five years he died in ninety six yeah September ninety six so it'll be twenty five years next month that he's been dead so. Long time, long time. But uh, he, his his rapping skills, uh, you know, just great. You know, when, when you hear any rapping skill, a lot of people at Jada Kiss, you know, there was a versus battle with the locks and Dipset and locks destroyed him. I mean, it wasn't even fair. I mean, because, again, when you have people who are wordsmiths, when you have people who can put rhymes and thoughts together, uh, when you have people who can battle. So, like the late Big L, you know. When, when you can rap like Big L could rap, just give him a microphone, Big L would just crush it. I mean, you, you know, he, I didn't dig his raps or his rhymes, but the man can rap. And, uh, and it's very hard to do that. It's very hard to do that. Very hard to do that. And, and it's just, again, I can't do it, you know. I can't do it. And I think this appreciation as a human being, you have to realize what you can and can't do. And, and, and those are the things that help you as you mature. As a kid, you have the joy of thinking you can do anything. But the thing about it is can you do it well? Yeah, I can sit down and write rap. Yeah, I can write a rock. I mean, can't write, can't write, I can't read music, so I can't write a rock song. I can't play any instrument, so I can't do rock at all. But the reality is, you know, I, I mean, so I can't do it. So, so again, back to the concert. So again, so I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting way off track, but uh, hey, it's my, it's my podcast. I'm just talking, and I just spin my brain out. So I get to the concert. It's muggy here in, in Florida. I live in Florida. 
I run in there. I, I didn't know I went as far as I did until I came left the concert. So I park my car. I run. I, 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 I run down in. I run there. I, I go in the stadium. I check in, you know, make sure I don't have any weapons or anything on me. I don't have any. They, uh, my seats are in the upper, upper, upper deck because I'm a cheapskate like everybody else. I fly to the upper deck because the, ever, the elevator, the uh, escalator is broken. Uh, going, that takes you all the way up to the upper deck. And so I fly to the upper deck. I'm coming up on the ramp. And I'm looking on the ramp, and I have the best thought I've had ever in my life. These are my people. I look around at the crowd, and they look like me. And I, for the first time since I went to, I say, Motor City Comic Con in May of 2010. I got, I got, I haven't been in one Comic Con in my life. I want to go to another one uh, here locally, but I know a lot of because of COVID, a lot of the Comic Cons have been canceled. But going to the Comic-Con, that was the first time I felt I was around my people. That I could pull someone over and we can talk nerd and be happy. Going to this concert, seeing the people who were leaving. Because people were leaving. I started seeing people leaving. They had Fall Out Boy t-shirt. Like, man, I miss Fall Out Boy. I said, I hope I can catch Fall Out Boy. I hope I can catch Fall, I hope I catch Fall Out Boy. Because there was lightning and thunder. And I know they're in an open stadium. So maybe I, I hope they postponed the show a bit or whatever. But no, they didn't. So I go in. I'm looking around. Fall Out Boy people are leaving. I'm like, oh, God. I knew I missed Weezer because they were up first. I missed Fall Out Boy. I didn't see any songs by Fall Out Boy. I didn't get to see Stump at all live. So next time they come here, if I, if I can make it, I can hopefully see Fall Out Boy live. Uh, but again, just to hear a few of their songs and then cut. Same way with Sum 41. Sum 41, I, 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 but see, Sum 41 is a group I actually like because they have songs by them I like and then songs I don't really care about, but they sound good to me. So, Sum 41 is that group where I can go to their concert, and I'm going to like half their songs, not like a handful, but I'm going to like a majority. So, like Saint Motel, Cage the Elephant, people like that. So, uh, well, you know, so but uh, that's another group I do want to see live, Sum 41. But uh, maybe, I don't know about MSVS, I don't know, it, it sort of broke my heart. I don't, I don't want to deal with MSVS, but anyway. But anyway um, so, anyway, so I get there, everybody's got Green Day stuff on. Uh, I'm looking around, okay, like the, the culture of the people. When I say my people, I mean people who are in the music like I'm in the music. They like the type of music I like. They like adult alternative. They like pop, they like pop punk. Uh, and and they look like me. I felt home. It's weird. I go to the churches a lot of times. I go to the church, and this is just weird. I don't feel home a lot. And I, I don't feel I'm really at home a lot of times. I go to different churches. Even sometimes at my own home, home church, I don't feel at home a lot. You know, the only church I've ever really felt I'm at home at is uh, I've been to Hope Church up in uh, Detroit. That was the only church where I felt I really belonged in there. The Church of the Misfit Toys. That is, uh, uh, at that time, I really I really felt I belonged there. That and, and my current church, I love, I love going to. But a lot of times I feel I belong there. To be honest, a lot of times I don't. And uh, Church by the Glaze, I never felt I belonged there. I felt I was like, okay, I'm way out of place. I need some serious word today, dude. And the pastor's on a tractor and, and shooting arrows. So uh, I'm like, okay, brother, this, this is not the day I'm going to get the exposition I need. So, uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, much love to you, Pastor Dave. But um, I, uh, I, I, I I felt home there for the first time. I really did. The long, even when I went to... Uh, uh, the, the last concert. I've only been in two concerts in the last 25 years. So even when I went and saw Weezer and, and a Cage and uh, Andrew back in, Andrew Man back in December 17, I, I felt, you know, yeah, the age group and people there, yeah. But I didn't feel at home like I felt uh, Sunday, and I don't know why. I felt these were my people. These were people who were like me. 
And and I never really feel that a lot of times going places. I'm a really unique individual. And I think we all are to an extent, but I'm a really unique individual. And that's been the first time in years that I ever felt these were my people. These were the people who had interest. And I just felt that coming up the, the, the ramp. Looking around, the people at the ramp, it wasn't anything that was said. But it was just a way, I just felt that first time in a long time was a place I belonged. So I get up there. I'm in the middle of the road, so everybody has to get up and move. I get I'm up in the nosebleeds. I'm wrapped up because people around me are smoking. I don't want to smell like smoke. So um, I'm, I'm up there. I'm good. There's a guy, there's a girl, they're big Green Day fans in front of me. And they stood, of course, most of the whole show. And I'm sitting down because I just ran up and I'm tired. And I'm in shape anyway. And so I sit there. I was like, please, 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 please. please. I get Fallout Boy, please. And no, it was. It was Green Day. So uh, they did... Um, they played uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. The whole audience sung it. It was a very beautiful moment, uh, you know, in between the show. And it was very good for so many people. You had about 40,000 people there singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in unison and dancing to it. And it was, it was really fun. And it was uh, then they played uh, Hey Ho, Let's Go by the Ramones. And they always did that before Green Day got up there. And they had this weird, Green Day has this weird death rabbit that comes out and dances to everybody likes and gets everybody fired up. And then, of course, then the, the production, the, the screens, Green Day, you know, come out. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm stuck. I got to leave this early. I'm not here. So they come out. First song they play is American Idiot. And I was like, ah, it's a famous song, you know. And uh, they come out. Billy Joe comes out. And he has a jacket on. I'm like, dude, this is way too hot and muggy. <laughs> Put on jacket. And they dished that thing real quick. They were great live. I'm not a Green Day fan, folks. They were great live. And I, and I said that, you know, even when I tweeted back at them on Twitter. I'm, like, I'm not a fan of you guys. You guys are great live. When people who aren't fans of yours can say you're a great live, you're really great live. And they were. They were great. They're better live. I judge everybody do by their recorded song. Because in the studio with mixing and, and sound, auto-tunes, all the stuff today and throughout the years, can you perform live to me is the standard whether you're good or not. I said that in Music Mood. I say it again. Can you perform live? Because if you can't perform live, you're not good. I don't care who you are. And I've heard even some bands I like are terrible live. Like people tell me Bleak 102 is abysmal live. You know, Green Day got up, blew it away. And Billy Joe and just, he, he killed it. He killed it. He reminded me of an evangelist for some reason. I've been to, you know, I grew up charismatic, I said, and a lot of my Christian uh, things I've said before when we discussed religion on this podcast. And he reminded me of a televangelist. This way he connected with the crowd, the way the crowd connected with him, the way he ordered the crowd, the way the crowd responded, the way he had, that was his crowd, that was his fan base. He was there for them. They were there for him. And and it, it was very like that. And he got it. He he got after it. They sounded great live. Um, they got after it. They really did. They did, and they played the songs by Green Day that I liked. They played my favorite Green Day song, which is Basket Case, and that was probably the best moment of life. They did uh, "Wake Me Up When September Ends." That was a very beautiful moment because it was rainy. Literally, Billy's like, "It's rainy now," and it was rainy. And if you've been to Hard Rock Stadium. Out here in Miami Gardens where the Dolphins and Hurricanes plays a football stadium. It, the, the seats are covered. The stand seats are covered, but the floor isn't. And uh, they were out on the floor, of course. Um, and the people, the, the big, the real expensive tickets were out on the floor. And it was raining. And he's like, it's raining. So they know someone mentions rain. And they did a very beautiful performance of Wake Me Up When September Ends. Uh, you know, so but we were sitting down chilling and whatever. And then they played Basket Case, and I got up. I was like, oh, I got to stand up for Basket Case. And there was a family in front of me. It was a dad, a daughter, 
a mom and a young son, really young, maybe like eight years old. And so w- w- they played basket case and he got up and started dancing. I was dancing. The couple in front of me were big Green Day fans. They were dancing the whole time and uh, they, they were getting after it. So, and basket case, we all were there. I was doing the, the bad dance and it was, they were just killing it with basket case. And they went into a song by them called She. And man, mom in front of me lost it. She got down and it was just like, one of the best things I ever saw in my life. She got down and was just dancing. It was just, she, it could tell like it took her back to when she first heard the song when she was young. And it's just like people, when they, when I heard that song, I've heard she before, never knew the title of it, but it took you back to like when you first heard the song, it took you back to like a place of memory of you being young. And everybody that's middle aged like me. There were middle aged, there were people there with little kids. There were some young people there, young millennials. There were a lot of some Gen Zers there. There were teenagers there, of course, just wanted to get out of the house and maybe weren't fans that really knew the bands well. But they were getting after it. And that was the movement. That was the best moment of the concert. And I remember just thinking, dance, mom, dad. I even wrote my friend Chris, emailed him about it. I said, that was the most, one of the authentic things I've ever seen was dance, mom, dance. She was just dancing. And it was just getting, it was just like that song, when she heard she took her back to, you could tell by the way she was moving, the way she was reacting, that it took her back to the very first time she heard that song. And and, 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 and it, back to being young. You know, we have a lot of stress as adults. We live in a very stressful time in our nation with COVID. Life is very hard and very stressful. Life is, adulting is hard. Being a responsible adult is very hard. Working for your kids, dealing with jobs, dealing with work stress, home stress, life stress, is very difficult, the things we do. And it was very good for us just to get away, just to get away for a little bit and just to be young just to be free again that youth that we physically may not have mentally we still have it you know that's what billy joe i think tacked into with us, with us you know older millennials and us gen x fans you still have this you still have that youth you still have it in your brain you still you know my mother when she visited her on this podcast she's one of my two listeners when she hears a song that reminds her when she first heard it when she was young she becomes young again and 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 I didn't understand that as a kid. I understand that as an adult. And I, and I think those moments are the things that we forget. And uh, that was my favorite moment. Basket Case she mix, and that was very good. And uh, they got down. And it was it was good. Basket Case is my song. It was my favorite song by them. So they they got down. So uh, and it, it was good. We all left. Whatever it was cramped. These were leaving all out. But uh, it was weird. So. <laughs> Post-concert, I'm at church Wednesday night talking about the concert. And a gentleman, I, I go to church with a young man named Drew. And, uh, and he was sitting down. And he was sitting there. He's like, man, we had a busy night Sunday. Why? We had 20 ODs. He's like, 20 people overdose? Like, yeah, Mike, because he works uh, at an ER, you know, overnight shifts at an ER. So he's like, man, Sunday night, we got killed. Sunday night and Monday, we got slammed. He said, we had Rolling Loud, and we only had, like, one shooting. After, and that was it. We didn't have any ODs. He was like, we got slammed. What happened Sunday? Rolling Loud was a big rap music festival. It was three days. It was way more people at Rolling Loud than were at uh, the one night of Hell Omega. And they only had the one shooting deal, what he said, because his hospital he works was over in that area by the stadium. And he said, 20 ODs from, from, from Hell Omega. I said, yeah, that, that, that's Green Day's crowd. Green, Green Day had the hardest looking fans there, by the way. The Green Day crowd is a hard, the hardcore Green Day fans. Because again, there were Weezer fans there. There were Fall Out Boy fans there. Uh, there were people who were just general fans of music there. Um, 
But the, the the Green Day crowds are hardcore crowd. That they, they were. I was like, yeah, yeah. That that that, that shows the difference between us uh, us uh, us alternative uh, adult alternative rock people and punk pop people than uh, rap people. That's the difference. That's the difference. <laughs> rock out, rock out, rock out. But I wish I could rock though. I really wish I could got because uh, and this is what the the heart of the podcast is. I wish I could rock out. I really wish I could just grab it and just go after. I remember seeing uh. Rolls Royce, back in the day, they did an unsung on uh, TV One, and Rolls Royce was just the group Rolls Royce, uh, Car Wash. That song, they were just killing it. They were performing some song. The guys were uh, they had the dudes on the guitars. They had the guys with the saxes. They were just jamming. I was just like, man, I wish I could do what they do. And uh, of course, you know, Green Day and all them. They had a guy there with sax, guys with keyboard. I just can't do the stuff they do. The drummers on those three bands, by the way, are so great. They're just flawless. Like Pat from Weezer just doesn't move. Pat sits there and goes like, the Green Day drummed like he was at home sleep. He's so good. He just sits like he's sleeping. It's like, uh, and, and just because he's because he's that good. It's just like, you know, the bass player who's famous because no, they're drumming the bass player. They've been together forever. And Billy Joe, been, those three have been together for about 30, 32 years, I think they said they've been together. Uh, so since they were young kids. So, but they're, they're flawless, dude. You know, you, you look at the elite drummers and and, and, and the same way the drummer for Fall Out Boys. It's like, like, man, you're killing it. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's like, because I'm that good. I'm that good. I make it look so easy. That's how good they are. And that's how good you are if you're a rocker, you know. And I wish I could, man. You just can't do it. So if, I appreciate you. If you can write music, if you can rock, if you can sing, if you can rap, if you can produce music like the Chainsmokers do and Illinium, uh, Marshmallow, if you can do the things in music, I really look up to you. I mean, some of you guys out there are really talented musicians. I can tell you, man, I wish I could do it. And there's some things I can't do. I can't rock out. I can't rap. I can't do music. But I can listen and enjoy. But I really appreciate the people who do music well. I really do. And again, at church, I've been to churches, man, the praise and worship team has been outstanding just because they, I've been to church and they've been abysmal. And I've been in church where they've been outstanding. It's just a talent. You have to have the talent. You have to have musically inclined. You have to be able to sing. You have to be able to move because you're leading that worship. You're leading that. You have to sound well. It was it Psalm 33 and 3? Play skillfully unto the Lord. You know, it's, it's you got to sound good. You know, the reason MSPX still has a lot of Christian fans, even though they're not Christian anymore, they sounded good. There were hundreds of Christian bands that came out. Uh, there were tens of thousands of pop-punk bands that came out. Only a handful of left. Why? Because only the ones who sound good stick around. Ryan K still out there making music. Why? Because the good ones stick around. I think that's something as we Christians, we forget sometimes. If you're a Christian listener, I know I have atheist listeners, agnostic listeners, Muslim listeners, listeners for all faith and no faith who don't care about faith. But j just for if, if you're a fellow Bible thumper like me, we sometimes forget you have to sound good. You know, the rhythmic poetry and the quality of the ryth rhythmic poetry in the Old Testament is elite. We don't look at it. Sometimes, you know, there's elite. If you read it in the old the Hebrew, it's elite writing. The New Testament Greek, Paul Greek, is elite writing. It's elite writing. You don't realize that because you're so used to reading it. That's some elite writing in Scripture. God didn't have, you know, unlearned, but yeah, they, when he got them, they, they were skilled. They were better than the learned. There was some elite writing, especially in that old, that's some elite level uh, rhythmic uh, poetry going on there in Scripture. You don't even realize it. I realize it, and I just, that's one thing I am. They're awesome, you know, and, uh, you know, be awesome, you know, be awesome, you know, I, I, it's obviously be awesome for God if you're, you're a Christian, you know, 
And uh, you got to get after it. I think a lot of churches have to realize that. Look, if you're going to have a praise, a lot of times you got to do what you got to do and just work your way through it. But if you're a big enough church, put the talented people up there. You know, talk to the people like, hey, what do you do? What do you do? You know, we have some uh, talented young people at our church. And my, my, my daughter was saying they do a lot of online music. And I'm like, what, what does their music sound like? Put them up there. Hear what they can do. Hey, you young girls, you know, what, do you, what does your song sound like, you know? And I always tell people that, too. People always get on me. It's like, well, you listen to this stuff and listen to that stuff. I, I don't think Heavenly Chorus is sound lame. I don't think that when we, you know, Christians, we believe, and I'll say this to Christians, when we get to heaven, I don't think our music is going to sound lame. I don't think it's going to be, oh, chanting or some of the dry stuff I've heard. I think it's going to be awesome. I think we're going to be rocking out. <laughs> I just think so because, again, I don't think you could rock out if God didn't give you the talent to rock out. I don't think you could do and, that, and that's the, the, the power I look at groups and I know they're anti-Christian and stuff. It's like, you don't realize you could not do what you do if God did not give you the talent to do it. Yeah, you got to put the effort to it as always with any talent. But the reality is you're elite at what you do because God gave you elite talent to do what you do. Anybody else who came out and worked as hard as you did not even go a tenth of the far as you. It wasn't because you caught the lucky breaks. It was because God worked in you to do it. And, and, and that's what I think, you know, so and I'm a Christian. That's what I believe because yeah, it, it's talent and effort and breaks all three. So that's what I say. But anyway, I just, I just wish I could, you know, but the things I can do, I can, but the things I can't more power to you. I'm amazed by it. I think we human beings got to be honest about that. Let's just sit down and be amazed at the talent and the ability. Stop being haters. So my final thought is this, stop being haters, stop being critics, you know, just enjoy. Sit back and enjoy the talent and skill of people who can't do what you can do. Who can do what you can't do. And then opposite. Because then people will appreciate in you the things you can do they can't do. And I sound very Mr. Bradish, didn't it? <laughs> but I just say this. Just don't be a hater. Don't hate appreciate. See you later.